0: Hello, and welcome to the Guardian Test Prep Back to Basic podcast. My name is Dr. Christopher Seitz, I'm an emergency physician, and I'm here with my brother Jason Seitz, who is a firefighter, paramedic, and RN. Together we run Guardian Test Prep, an NREMT test prep company that specializes in helping EMT and paramedic students pass their National registry exam. Our Back to Basic podcast was created to make what are sometimes complex medical topics easy to understand and retain for students of emergency care. Please like and follow us on your favorite podcast streaming service as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for joining us.
1: So the new Matrix movie came out. Have you seen it? I have not seen the it. The fourth one. Have you seen any of the other ones? No. Yeah, I heard it was kind of like it like makes fun of itself a little bit. You know how I know we're not in a simulation? How's that? I think that a computer would not mess my life up this bad. I've never seen a computer make so many mistakes. If this <laughs> <is> a simulation. <laughs> so. All right. Well, hello and welcome. This is Guardian Back to Basics podcast. Uh, I am Jason Seitz. I'm a firefighter, paramedic, a nurse. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And usually I'm here with my brother, Chris, who's an ER physician. But today we have a guest, Chris. Not a guest star because one, my brother is never a star. And this guy's also named Chris. So this is Chris. He's a very good friend of mine. Uh, We grew up together. Uh, Chris Perrin, and he is an athletic trainer and he's gonna be our resident expert as today we talk about sports injuries. Before we get into it, we're gonna do some announcements real quick. Uh, For one, if you don't know about uh, Guardian Test Prep, you should, that's the whole point of this podcast, to tell you about Guardian Test Prep. So check it out, www.guardiantestprep.com. We offer a full program to prepare you for your NREMT, whether it's EMT, paramedic, advanced EMT, whatever you need, it's got 15 hours of videos, it's got great questions, it's got, Access to me and my brother for, to help you out as you're studying. It's great for when you're in the program and it's great for when you're about to take your test because that is a uh, tough test to kick. So besides that, this episode will be airing on Guardian CME in about a month. We offer a, a uh, free CME credit if you're a provider already for listening to the podcast. You just got to listen to it on the site, take a quick quiz, and you can get a CAPC credit, uh, which means that that's a universal credit. You can get that anywhere. So check that out. Uh, other than that, no crazy announcements. Let's, uh, let's jump right into it. Since you're new to the show, yes. welcome, welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Happy to be um, here. F- let's just talk a little bit about like introduction, background of like who you are, how you know me. So why don't you tell the story how of when I we first you. met? Yeah.
2: Wow. Um, okay. Well, we met back in high school. Um, you and I were not all that close initially, I would Correct. think. Yeah. 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 Um, and then we kind of grew. Uh, our friendship over the years um and then we kind of ended up at Michigan State together yeah um roommates went well um I think we enjoyed our time yes we did (laughs) (laughs) went to classes um, sometimes sometimes (laughs) um but had some fun outside of class um did some longboarding had some injuries (laughs) Uh, was talking about sports
1: <laughs> injuries. No, exactly. I like to say that Chris. Chris was like a very popular, cool. He was like the. We went to a very small high school, so there was only about what thirty-five people in our class. Yeah, in it was our like graduate thirty-five, class. Or forty, really small like that. private school. Chris was like the classic cool popular kid and I did a very Jason tactic and I just attached myself to Chris until he liked me <laughs> like that. Was my, my my progress to popularity was simply just being in the room with Chris all the time and then it worked out well like most of my relationships I gradually wore him down and now he's my friend <laughs> so that's, that's where friend. we're at it's great uh so you are an athletic trainer yes why don't you tell me a little bit, because this is this concentrates more on EMTs, paramedics, uh, nurses, doctors. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what an athletic trainer does and kind of the background and like, how you got into that.
2: Okay. Um, so athletic training um, obviously is sports related, most of um, you can do athletic training in other settings as well. Um, but the main keys for athletic training um, are prevention, evaluation, um, and then you kind of do the treatment and recovery process after injuries. Um, my background, um, I went to school at Michigan State, did my undergrad there. They have a pretty well-known program. Um, you kind of get into their program and then get put through various sports to kind of test the waters and see what you like. Um, after I graduated Michigan State, uh, I went and did a graduate assistantship, um, at Detroit Mercy, um, where I worked women's soccer and then kind of got my master's in health service administration which is a little bit different than kind of the athletic training route, more the admin role, um, actually more hospital setting, clinic setting um, than sports setting. Um, and then after I got my master's, um, I was actually hired on at Detroit Mercy with men's basketball, where I worked um, for four years there um, before moving to my current situation, my current position at the University of Missouri uh, with men's basketball that's awesome
1: so mostly you're a basketball guy i know that you played basketball yes. <laughs> that's, that's your sport of choice but you've been you did women's soccer yep you did didn't you do tennis for a little bit too
2: uh yeah i was in charge of men's and women's tennis and men's and women's golf at detroit yeah you're all over the place cool and
1: then in school do they have you just they rotate you around, if I remember. They rotate right. you around different sports, like throughout the, your, yeah, your school. Yeah,
2: every like uh, half semester,
1: whatever you get put with a different. The master's degree. How many years total was it for your education? Six. Oh God. Six fun <laughs> years. That's terrible. Yep. Wouldn't do it again. Wouldn't <laughs> do it again. <laughs> Love the job. Wouldn't do it again. All right. Cool. Uh, well, that being said, what what kind of similarities or differences do you see in like my job versus your job in terms of like paramedicine or emergency medicine and, and what you do?
2: Um, well, there's definitely the trauma situation um, that's very similar. Um, each dealing with, you know, just controlling trauma, um, wounds, whatever, bone breaks, all the, you know, acute traumas, I think is very similar. Um, maybe some of the major differences are uh, treatment, um, post-injury. Yeah, yeah. Um, like long-term treatment and uh, yeah, recovery like process that. and then kind of like the rehab uh, piece, prevention, yeah, we don't get to prevent injuries. We no. just show up. So this is, <laughs> Chris, Chris
1: basically is a medic on the field, and then we take him and we take him to the hospital, and then they go back to Chris. We're kind of just a middleman in it. I don't really know why, but Chris is going to be the guy who runs out on the field and gets them or the, or the court and gets them set and figured out, and then we take them back. And then we would we would kind of like transport from there if it was an, if it was a true emergency, yeah. Yeah. or yeah. you would deal with that on your own and not bug us, right?
2: I mean, if it's a true emergency,
1: we had the opportunity a little bit when we were younger. I would work as a field medic with Chris for like football games and soccer games and stuff like that. That was fun. We made some cash doing that. Was that a football game that we did? What? Yeah. Remember, I came with you and we drove around a little golf cart. We oh, basically just yeah. No, it was lacrosse. Yeah. It was, it was a lacrosse, lacrosse tournament. So I had done it for football yeah, before, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, the lacrosse was with you. That was great. It was good I money I too. That. Yeah. If you're a medic out there and you need some cash get hooked up with an athletic trainer because they get some sweet field medic positions and it pays pretty darn decent. So, all right, cool. So jobs are very similar in the sense of the acute injury. We're both responding to that injury, probably together um, and getting them kind of packaged. And then if they need transport, then I take them. If they don't need transport, you take them either way. They're coming back to you for most of the time yeah yeah. further further treatment rehab and and getting them back to back to good health so we don't get to do a whole lot of that in the emergency field so it's interesting to me to find out a little bit about like what happens next you know how or even on the prevention side like hey how could this have been avoided yeah um so that we'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit but first i'm going to ask the questions that everyone's going to want to know and one is going to be what is the most common injury that
2: you see uh well me being in basketball um the most common injury is definitely an ankle sprain. Ankle sprain. Yep. Um, it's, I mean, you expect a couple of them each year, no matter what. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, obviously there's different grades to an ankle sprain, but, and different mechanisms of, of injury, but the most common ankle sprain is an inversion ankle sprain. An
1: inversion? What does that mean?
2: Inversion. Just basically means your the bottom of your foot kind of rotates in and you kind of are forced laterally over your ankle. So that oh, wow. lateral side of the ankle is so injured. you snap
1: in on the out. You lean on the outside. Your ankle goes on the inside. Yes. Okay. Yep. I was thinking inverted, like your ankle Flipping is inside, inside out. out.
2: <laughs> that would be a medical that emergency. That would be pretty good.
1: You, you definitely want to call me for that one. Yeah. Um. And I would call someone like my brother because I wouldn't know what to do with that. Um. Very cool. So what is the difference between, Uh. because we're talking about sports injuries today. That's what the CE is going to be on. What is the difference between a strain and a sprain?
2: Very, very easy. Very different. Injuries. So sprain deals with ligaments. What is a ligament? What is a ligament? A ligament attaches bone to bone. Okay. So if we're dealing with the ankle, it's attaching one of the ankle bones to another bone in the joint. Got it. Protecting that joint space. Got it. Um, a strain is a muscle injury. It's okay. Very different than a ligament. So, so it's like a tendon. Tendon muscle. Yep. So anything, any one of your muscles and in your body. Attaching to other muscle attaches to tendon which the tendon attaches to the bone okay so it goes bone to tendon to muscle tendon is muscle to bone muscle to tend yes okay gotcha (laughs) all right
1: tendon serves to move the bone or structure a ligament is a fibrous connective tissue that attaches bone to bone and usually serves to hold structures together correct that's the official definition i wrote it down because i knew i was gonna mess it up (laughs) So, so cool so strains Muscles. Muscles. Springs. Ligaments. Ligaments. sprains usually joints, joint do space. We care? So here, here's my, my final question is, do I care as a provider?
2: Which one it is? I mean, it depends where it is. It's
1: going to tell you where it is. All right. I mean, if you're... In terms of acute treatment, is it going to change anything?
2: Not necessarily.
1: Not necessarily. Is it going to change anything for you in terms of recovery or not really?
2: Dislocation? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit with the rehab process. Um and just kind of the movements of what you're trying to do post-injury. Okay.
1: Is there one that's worse than the other, or they kind of just doesn't matter?
2: Uh, They're kind of just, yeah, strain, sprain, depending on... I mean, obviously, like an ankle sprain, you need that with running, cutting, jumping, and basketball, so it might be a little bit tougher to deal with than maybe like a shoulder strain.
1: Okay. And it can be like... I'm sure there's different degrees. It can be like you, you could have like tears or you could just have like the wearing down or inflammation
2: of it. Like, Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yep. In each, the strain and the sprain, they grade them in three. So grade okay. one, two and three. Okay. Um, a grade one is just kind of like a stretching of either the muscle fibers or the ligament. Okay. Um, so not too much damage per se. Um, grade two, uh, there is stretching and there's also a little bit of tearing in either the muscle fibers or the ligament. Um, and then grade three is just a complete tear. Complete tear. Everything's gone. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <Just laughs> so tear, sur- so yeah. surgery, I, I think It's okay. definitely in the grade three. Okay. Yep.
1: What is there a way to know what grade it is based on evaluation, or do you have to just get imaging done and you find out later?
2: Um, oh, my God. You can pretty confidently tell um, with some testing. Um, with the joint space, if we take like an ankle or a knee um, and you're trying to test a ligament, there's you kind of force the ligament or force the joint against the ligament which you can kind of test the laxity of that ligament yeah um with a grade one you're still going to have kind of that firm uh end point yeah might stretch a little bit but you won't notice too much grade two you'll have a little bit of that opening of the joint space grade three is going to be pretty wide open you're going to know you can
1: just feel that out through experience like they just kind of teach you
2: to yeah yeah i mean it definitely takes experience and kind of a feel um and then, can, yeah, the more you do it, the more you kind of yeah, know what you're feeling.
1: Okay, second question I want to ask you is what everyone's going to wonder is, what's the worst thing you've ever seen? Because I get asked this as a paramedic all the time. It's like, what's the worst, most horrible thing you've ever seen? Well, you've probably seen a lot of crazy things. Yeah. Um, I don't like talking about it. So if you don't want to talk you don't have to. <laughs> no, but like, what's, mean, the, what's the worst injury you've seen? Like firsthand? Or if you got something better that's not firsthand, sure. They just want to hear about the gory guts. See, I don't know if I've seen a lot of gory guts. Yeah, but like you're... Your injury my injuries are like, Oh, it looks yucky. Your injuries are like, wow, their life's ruined for the rest of their
2: life. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, have you had any paralysis or anything like that? No, no paralysis. That's good. I haven't, That's good. I mean maybe like the worst and knock on wood. Like I haven't had to deal with super crazy things, which is a good thing, but just kinda like blown out knees where you know blown like knees. they're torn ligaments and meniscus and Okay.
1: ACL tears. Yeah, ACL. Is that like the worst you can think of in terms of like on the court, if one of your players deals with an
2: ACL, is that the worst? Oh, no. I mean, on the court, I mean, the worst thing you deal is like I, Yeah, like cardiac I, no, I, issues. I that. Or like break their neck. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I would say those are worse than an ACL. I got tear. you. I got you.
1: In terms of tearing things, sports injuries wise, sports injuries. to dying okay, well, of a cardiac issue is a sport injury. Issues, there you go. I
2: like it. Yeah, ACL is probably one ACL. of the worst injuries
1: that. And ACL stands for anterior.
2: Cruciate, cruciate
1: ligament, ligament. I knew that. Yeah, that's why I was just making sure you knew it. Good. And there's like, <laughs> there's ACL, there's MCL. Yep. So medial. medial, same thing but medial, inside of the knee. There's LCL, LCL lateral, 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 and On then sides. there's there's a PCL. You said there's a PCL, which is posterior, posterior. Yep. So it's behind your knee. Yep. It's
2: so the ACL and the PCL kind of makes an X um, inside of your knee. Okay. Um, which kind of, ACL stops the tibia from trans, uh, translating forward. Okay. PCL, obviously the opposite.
1: So if I injured my, if I tore my ACL,
2: how does that happen? Um, usually, very common in cutting, jumping, landing, and it's usually when your foot is planted on the ground and your body is trying to move in a direction that your leg is moving in a different direction. Okay, gotcha. So usually a like a pivot shift is what they call Okay. Um, so your knee is kind of shifting one way and your tibia is shifting another. So
1: it doesn't need to be, it's not necessarily a contact sport where you see a lot of those. It could, it could so happen in a yeah, baseball ACL all the time.
2: very common with a non-contact injury. Yeah. So it's just kind of your body not handling the force that you're putting on it. And then MCL is the
1: least minor. So here's my history of this is that last year in February, I think, last year in February, I went snowboarding. Yep. and, like an idiot, on the chairlift got injured. The chairlift caught the back of my knee, so that it would it would have been the... I ride goofy, so I ride my right foot forward. The inside of my knee got caught by the chairlift. It pushed it, and I felt a pop. And then, all of a sudden, I, I boarded for, like, two more hours, and then I called you because I couldn't walk to my car. <laughs> <laughs> so I, went to, I ended up going right to your apartment, yeah. thinking, oh, I'll just see him sometime soon. And then it was like, no, I need to come over right now because I don't think I can walk. You had to help me into your apartment, and then you... Did some tests on me and you were pretty sure it was an mcl at the time yeah and you were like ah no big deal
2: mcl is not a big deal why <laughs> so the mcl is the only one of the four ligaments that will heal on its own so it has um of the four is the only one with a blood supply which okay. you need blood to heal um so that is why in most cases um it's a non-surgical repair or it'll so heal itself. yeah it'll just kind of heal itself okay um there are certain cases where if you do completely tear it and you are maybe like a high level athlete and you want to get back a little bit faster than just letting it heal they'll do a little bit of like a surgical intervention um but most of those will heal on their own
1: okay and then
2: acls lcls i guess P- pcls don't happen too often right pcls rarely happen in athletics okay um what we're told is they're more like major trauma like car accidents or something something like that yeah like there's a major i got you force
1: and then the lcl and the acl just aren't very vascular so because they have a low oxygen supply to them they obviously take way longer to heal and then often you need surgical intervention in order to expedite
2: the process yep yeah they won't yeah they won't heal on their own so they need to be repaired
1: that ended up being nothing by the way i'm fine i know everyone's worried i'm fine it wasn't a tear it's actually just a miraculous. Yeah, I don't believe know You called oh. me and said, "I see your MRI results. I can't explain them because Jesus healed me. I don't know what to tell you. It was true. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, like two weeks later, I was walking fine. So doesn't make it any sense. Kind of it doesn't make any sense, but it was it was cool, cool for me because I didn't have to pay for surgery and take off work a bunch. So, um, that's a little pro tip, guys. If you get injured, get injured at work. You don't want to get injured on the slopes. And know an athletic trainer. Know what I like to hook you up. I like it. Um, cool. So, we talked about grade one, two, and three injuries. There's also what's called a tibial spine avulsion ACL injury, or you were talking earlier before the podcast about just yeah, I guess they're common in, in general.
2: Well, adolescence, I think we were yeah, talking yeah. about. Um, it's like when it's just it's basically what an avulsion fracture is anywhere in the body, just a disconnect, which is just the either ligament or tendon. Pulling off the bone, off which the bone. basically chips a piece of that bone off. Okay. Like it pulls it off with it, and that's what's an avulsion fraction. So got to reattach that.
1: At least for this tibial spine avulsion yeah, one, they got to
2: reattach it. In most major areas, yeah, they'll kind of reattach it. Um, yeah. It can happen in, well, any where that something's attaching to the bone, it can happen. But in some cases, they won't do anything with it. It's just kind of okay. heals. Cool.
1: Well, we've been over the... The one that happens the most often, we've been over the worst one, I guess, ACL, if we're talking orthopedic injuries
2: for sports injuries.
1: Um, In terms of prevention, because we don't do anything about it, tell me a little bit about how you, you, so you you do
2: taping, you do strength training, you do movements, like
1: how do you you even figure out what kind of prevention to
2: do? Very basic prevention uh, that pretty much every sports team across the country will be doing is just taping, ankle taping, which... Prevents, well, not necessarily prevents, but lessons. If you do sprain an ankle, it kind of gives you a little bit of support. Okay. Um, stretching is prevention for, you know, muscle strains. Um, weightlifting, that sort of training, um, learning how to jump properly, land properly, all of that stuff is kind of the basic prevention. Um, if we do identify a weakness in some sort of athlete, whether it's um, weak ankles or their Gate isn't as strong as it should be or proper as it should be, um, we kind of will add some prevention rehab exercises to kind of strengthen those weaknesses. Cool.
1: So you know a lot about the patient history, obviously, and that makes you a big resource to us if we're ever
2: on the field or court. To, yeah. Like, we, talk to you mean, about we, like,
1: hey, what does this guy deal with you? Today? Yeah, we have to. We have to know yeah.
2: kind of everything about the athlete when they come in, um, whether it's, you know, allergies or pre determined history of whatever it may be or injuries in the past whatever it is um yeah we have to know those things and have those things on file so, so if something ever does of, happen and then you yeah. kind of make
1: a plan around that issue i got an issue with my shoulder we're gonna work on my shoulder all the time
2: yep 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 so with
1: that, in terms of immediate treatment, I'm just gonna go over with you what EMTs and paramedics are taught when it comes to acute injury when we're talking about orthopedic. Yep. Right. you just tell me if we're on the right track or if we need to rethink the education. So here's the thing, and this I say this all the time in my first aid classes, is when it comes to like first aid like true like responding to traumas is basically like a basic first aid thing there's not a whole lot we do with trauma it's the coolest thing to talk about and it's the most like gnarly thing to look at it's the stuff that you want to like see on tv but like the treatments are pretty boring because we're not really treating an injury okay like even with hemorrhage we'll do we'll talk about hemorrhage in another podcast but like even with hemorrhage like You just like cover up the yucky thing and you're helping the body do its own thing. You're helping the body heal, helping it clot. Yeah, you just, just, if it looks yucky, you cover it up. You hold pressure, right? It's not a whole lot. It's not like we're intubating or we're doing something fancy to like fix it, right? We're not giving a medicine to fix it. Um, With injuries, especially orthopedic injuries, our job isn't really to fix anything. Fixing happens in the surgical suite or it happens over time from your own body healing itself. Like we can give medications that can... Progress the healing, like anti-inflammatories and things like that. But that's long term. But there's no medication or treatment that's going to snap someone's bone back together, or put it back together, or do anything like that.
2: We should come up with that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> hey, tell you what, if you have an idea, <laughs> I will invest yeah. all my money in it because that would be great. Um, so our job is basically to not make the problem worse. Yeah, our job is just make sure that that injury doesn't get worse. Yeah. yeah. So, in terms of a sports injury most sports injuries, it's going to be immobilization. 100% we're immobilizing the patient, or at least where the injury site is.
2: Yeah, for sure. And then we're transporting it. Yeah. And we
1: do supportive care. Remember that these patients may have internal bleeding. They may have major shock symptoms, depending on that. They may have pain level. So, I mean, we're going to treat the pain. We'll treat the pain with a analgesic. We might need to support them with shock, keep them warm if they start, you know, yep. uh, shunting blood to the area, or they have interior blood that they're losing. So, we're going to do shock treatment. We're going to do those basic treatments. But... In terms of the injury itself, all that we're really doing is covering it up and making sure it doesn't move and get worse. Correct. Right? And what I've always been taught is, and this is a nice little street cheat, is that if you injure a long bone, you want to splint the joint above and below that. Yeah. And if you injure a joint, you want to splint the long bone above and below that. Correct. So if Makes I hurt my radius ulna, I want to make sure that I can't move my elbow and I can't move my wrist. Right? Yep. That's yep. that's, that's the basic. whole point. Yep. Is, because if I can move the things that are surrounding it, I'm moving it through accessory muscles and I could cause more damage. Making right? it worse. And what's interesting is it doesn't matter if you have an open fracture. It doesn't matter if you have uh, an open injury, a closed injury, whether it's a compound fracture or it's uh, like comminuated where it's, it's in pieces. It doesn't matter if it's a sprain or a strain. It doesn't really matter to us. All we care about is, hey, don't move that thing anymore because it's going to get worse. It's stop right? the movement, right? yeah. So we use a number of things to splint. But like common stuff that we use, especially for like ankles and hands, we'll just use pillows. We'll literally just take a pill, surround it, and duct really? tape it. And a lot of people are like, well, that doesn't sound fancy or look like something that would be cool on a Chicago fire. From. But it, yeah, it does a good yeah. job of it because what does it do? It bulks around it. You can't move you can't it. Stop moving and it. It's, it's padded all the voids in that area, right? So we always we check for CSM, so sensory, motor, and uh, what am I missing? Circulation, right? So we'll check to make sure that there's good blood flow, that we can get a pulse, and that they can feel and move. Yep. Very um, important. Once they do that, you know that would be distal to the wound, right, downstream. Mm-hmm, I want to make sure that they're good
2: to go, and then we'll go ahead and splint that and we'll mobilize. So yeah. checking all the boxes? Or checking all the boxes, Anything yeah. special you do? Uh, no, that's, I mean, it pretty much hit all the major points. We, just splinting-wise, since you mentioned your pillow mm-hmm. technique, um, we always have just a bag um, of air splints Yeah. where if something does happen, we have the piece for the right limb or whatever it may be, Um, And that's how we just immobilize with an air splint. Yeah, which makes it easy, fills the gaps, like you said. Yeah, and that's the big thing is like
1: the joint above and below, the bone above and below, and then make sure that you pad the voids. Just meaning that if there's gaps or spaces in between the the, the splint area and the limb or whatever you're splinting, yeah, you want to move it. Obviously, talking about spinal injuries, like you mentioned earlier, it's a little difficult to splint the entire body, right? (laughs) So a little tough. The biggest thing we worry about is C spine. So yes. we're always told to just grab the bony promises of the head, you know, see color them and keep their heads still. Um, a lot of that is kind of coaching them on scene to be like, hey, don't look this way or that way, obviously, until we can get that. So one person's kind of just in charge of that head. That's what we'll do right away. We used to be big about backboarding. I don't know. Where, where are you guys at with backboarding?
2: Like splint, like full on. Do you ever the put whole... people
1: on backboards, do the whole deal? Or no? Oh yeah. That's how we're taught. We're getting away from it because we're finding that when you transport someone on a backboard, it jinx up their spine, and you also can't pad the voids because you have a rounded your spine right. kind of protrudes. Yeah, yeah. You have a rounded back, right? So, like for the longest time, like you'll still be trained in classes to to backboard someone standing up and laying for down for you guys. Yeah, but yeah, now we, mo- we mainly use it as a
2: transfer device.
1: So we'll actually use our stretcher to just like splint The stretcher has cushions on it; it fills the voids already, so and we'll just keep of- them still
2: immobilize the spine like the c-spine or whatever yeah do you still do that
1: we'll use the backboard to get them to the stretcher and then we'll dump them off the backboard safely by rolling them and then they'll just they'll rest on the stretcher with, as long uh, as the spine's not moving we're yeah, good yeah. you know what i mean right so that's kind of like what we've been leaning towards because we were realizing issues with the backboards i believe it so there you go a little yeah. cross training for you um in terms of if i'm responding to a field or a court or i don't know what else is there in sports a ring rink No, a A ring. ring. I'm thinking like a boxing ring. Or a rink.
2: Yep. Court, field, pool, pool, mats,
1: gymnastics. Mats, the mountains, rock climbing. (laughs) Anyway, we do have to consider some environmental factors, right? So just remember that these athletic trainers that you'll be working alongside are more familiar with that environment than you are. Okay, so we need to heavily rely on ATs all the time to help us out in these certain situations. So if you're covering a game, or a match or an event like know who your ats are and know what your your little process of responding to an acute emergency is going to be because yeah. an at chris is going to be involved with you if you're on the court and there's a there's an issue at mizu Better in be. the next few years yeah this podcast is going to be timeless so when you listen to it <laughs> five years from now, i don't know where you'd be maybe the president who knows sure of ats it's probably his name. <laughs> it <is> a thing <laughs> so anyway um we want to rely on you we want to ask you questions and beforehand hopefully have have a decent working relationship with you yeah things that we're told a lot about are like pads pad removal and equipment removal i know you do basketball so there's not a whole lot of pads and equipment but and in terms of like nice. football or hockey or things yep. like that uh typically the route is that we won't remove even the helmet yeah unless it is interrupting the airway so if it's interrupting
2: the airway we'll cut the shit out of it yeah and I think that's kind of what's being taught now. Yeah. Um, with football, hockey, college hockey, at least, um, you will remove the face mask mm-hmm. usually. Um, so there will be, somebody should have a drill on site where you just unscrew the things and you can remove the oh, okay the actual bars of the mask, whatever, but keep the helmet on. That way okay. you're not moving the spine. Um, that's if airways are obstructed and yeah. you need to do CPR and all that stuff. right, right. Uh, but yeah, we kind of have been taught the same thing. Okay. Um just kind of immobilized as you can, with the helmet still on, less movement. And less then you would chance. be the guy
1: that I talked to if I need to remove pads for some reason because there's some sort of compromise. Yep. So even like with football pads, if you gotta penetrate an object, I need to get to yeah, something. We're cutting right? everything off. We're cutting things yeah. off. But we're gonna probably be deferring to you because you're familiar with the systems on how to remove them and you're familiar with the systems on uh, How we will yeah. kind of collaborate yes on, like, hey, no. we'll yeah. hold C-spine. Like, yeah. walk us through. Because I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't be like, get the drill. I don't have a drill in my ambulance ready to go for football helmets, right? So
2: if that if there's a C-spine injury on the field court, whatever it may be, usually the athletic trainer is probably the first one out there, mm-hmm. which puts them in charge of the head, the spine, all of yeah. that, which puts them in charge of the whole situation. Operation, yep. We, um, we operate the same way. Yep. Head guy's in charge. So, but if pads need to be removed it's at that point you're just getting them off any way you can so okay. cutting whatever so if somebody has scissors on them like yeah just get them off because okay. we're in that sort of emergency i got you um, the guy in charge of the head as you probably are well well aware um, is more in charge of making sure ems is either on site aad is needed movement whenever it needs to be done lifting all that stuff gotcha gotcha
1: cool yeah, I think that we underestimate because we, we cover when I worked private EMS, we covered sports events all the time. I'll tell you right now, I didn't know who the hell the ATs were, and like, <laughs> had something happened, yeah. I think it would have been a little bit of a mess. Like, yeah, so, it's yeah. important to know. Like, typically, there's is there always an assigned medic or transporting like agency like hanging um, out of the basketball? Like, do you guys have like a private ambulance yeah, company? Yeah, no, that,
2: I think we well, we have a a university hospital on okay. campus, so we kind of just use them, which makes it easy for us. That's awesome. Um, Obviously, it's not going to be the same people every time. Yeah, but you Um, have a same, Yeah, same company. They always are in the same spot. Like, we know we set them up in the same spot. They know the same spot. Um, What's becoming more um, kind of prevalent in sports is what's called a medical timeout. Um, And it's kind of where the AT, the doctors, if they're on site, uh, the opposing AT, if they're traveling one, and then EMS will kind of all meet together together. whatever at 30 20 minutes before the game um and just kind of go over the basics of what needs to be done what hap- or what happens if this happens yeah they call it a timeout though all a medical it still timeout. negative <laughs> oh was like, 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 like you're taking a break call, that and... like a, call it like a powwow or something timeout makes it sound <laughs> like, like a... someone's in trouble no because like in sports a timeout is kind of when you take a break and everybody comes together yeah. and you kind of huddle up so it's, uh, it's just medical timeout. Sense. medical timeout. that's good
1: so you're collaborating a
2: little bit Yeah, basically. Make sure everybody's on the same page. Okay.
1: Last thing I want to cover today, we covered kind of EMS and the AT working together, the environment factors. Oh, one thing, too, is that you're a huge resource when it comes to the history of the patient, too, like because you are so familiar, at least like their orthopedic, you might not know if they have like AIDS or something, but... (laughs) They
2: kind of have to disclose basically every sort
1: of medical. So Chris would be the guy to talk to too. If you're trying to gather patient history and things like that, like you can get a lot of the background. So again, huge resource uh, on the field or at the event. So pay attention. Um, Last thing I want to talk about, because we just don't know anything about this in EMS, but like in terms of treatment, like more longer term treatment. So we'll immobilize, we'll cool it to, to stop inflammation. Um, but you have a lot of resources available to you for long-term treatment once the acute injury is, uh, the emergency is passed. So
2: Yeah, so I would, I would say that's probably my biggest piece of my profession is the treatment. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, injuries occur, whether it's acute, chronic, um, nagging things, whatever it may be. Um, treatment on a daily basis is almost half of what I do. Um, And we have, luckily for me at the University of Missouri, we have lots of resources at my disposal. Um, So, I mean, we have heat therapy. We have cold therapy, um, which ranges from a hot tub to a hot pack to um, like back braces that do heating and vibration. Ice baths. We Yep. Cold therapy, ice baths, ice baths. Did I ever tell you about my ice bath experience? No, you got in an ice bath.
1: I ran a marathon. So my my first marathon, everyone told me, you got to take an ice bath. That's where it's going to help so much because you just feel like all your joints feel ground ground to a powder. I don't know why you'd ever want to do that. So I was like, yeah, I'll do an ice bath. I didn't know that it had to be like a certain temperature. So I go upstairs and I just dumped a bunch of giant bags of ice in a tub. frozen. And then I got in and I made it to like maybe my upper thigh and then was like, this is the worst pain I've ever felt in my life because it's so cold. And I was done. And then you told me later... I don't know if you remember me telling you that it happened, uh, but yeah. you told me later. You're like, no, it has to be like a certain amount of degrees. So yeah, I was like, oh, was, <laughs> I was way closer than that. I was like sub-zero. So uh, we was...
2: keep ours uh, at like 40, somewhere between 45 and 50.
1: Yeah, mine was well below that. Yeah. Because it was just a bunch of ice.
2: How was I supposed to do that, though? I don't have like a temperature no, gauge mean. in my bathtub. Do I meat thermometer? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, think
1: <it's> <laughs> I don't think it will go in that direction. <laughs> so anyway, cool. So ice
2: baths. Cool. Yeah, yeah, lasers. We do. We have laser therapy. Um, yeah, electricity. Which we have electrotherapy. Yep. Stim do machines. Do you do the needling thing? I don't do the dry needling yet. Oh, I will be getting don't. certified this summer. I got dry needled
1: for my ankle injuries after my marathons, and it is.
2: Yeah, it's a. Uh, they dry
1: needled me, and then they introduced electric shock into the dry needle, yep. and then they spasmed Very my
2: deep, yeah. deep muscle. That wasn't fun. Therapy. but
1: that helps. Yeah, so we connect that like neurologically, yeah, right? Neurologically,
2: like, yep. And it kind of in some cases like electrotherapy can be used to kind of block those pain signals. And... Yeah. That's cool.
1: I one time too was interning at a PT place and they had like a shock machine on the guy's shoulder and then they accidentally like it like no it went up to like the top. Oh, and he just probably... started screaming and oh, no one knew yeah. what to do. And then I reached and unplugged it and they were like, Oh, that was smart. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty. Pretty dumb response. <laughs> I won't share where it was. It had nothing to do with you or anyone you know. But of... Uh, yeah, kinda... so then you guys will also do scraping.
2: Yeah, a stem, which is what's called or high stem, whatever you want to call it. Graston's is another term for it. Um, you base... And that was
1: told. I was told like you have inflammation of the fibers, and then scraping basically smooths the fibers out back
2: out to like to realign almost. Yeah. So kind of yeah, like adhesions or inflammation, scar tissue. Um, you kind of scrape them so that they kind of break up and then it kind of re heals realigns like you were saying um, back into what it's supposed to be. And then I think we were going to, we are going to cover
1: this. I forget to mention it, but there's like the four, the four degrees of an injury, right? Or the four, not degrees, but the four, three. the phase, no inflammation, it's reparative, two. remodeling and maturation. It's the same. four stages of an injury, right? Well, four or three. Sure. Yeah. I guess, are you saying remodeling and maturation yeah, is the same sometimes thing? Sometimes they're thrown together. Okay, that's gotcha. What I all saying. Right, so, inflammation phase, yep. that's what I'll be dealing with. Yes, than acute injury. Yep. So, then once you've kind of calmed down the inflammation, it now starts to repair.
2: Yep. It starts to get all that inflammation out.
1: Right. So, the reason we, and you guys should know this, but the reason that we, have an inflammatory response is to bring fluid to that area, bring cells that necessary. can then eat the yucky stuff, yep. start repairing it, It's necessary. Yeah, a so, a lot of people.
2: Swelling is good. Yeah, a lot of people think swelling, inflammation is bad when in actuality, it's a good thing. Needs right. to happen. It's part of the process. If it's
1: interrupting your ability to live your life or, ex, or even exercise in yep. terms of like core exercises to build strength, you might be getting anti inflammatories to take care of that, to control the pain. Yeah, long term inflammation it.
2: is not necessarily
1: good right but But that that initial information you want yeah you have to have it so we'll do ice and stuff like that to tone it down to reduce the pain but now i'm going to make you say the controversial (laughs) thing all right so what is it do we do rice or not so typically we would normally
2: put me on the spot so rice is rest
1: yeah rest ice Ice. Compression. Compression. Elevation. And elevation. Those are like our, our go to when it comes to an injury. It's a very But it's controversial now because science is very controversial. Because if I know
2: anything about science, it changes <laughs> all the time. <laughs> no, it's just uh it's just what everybody's known for decades. Right. Um, and as we've learned more about the bodies, um, some people seem to think that ice isn't necessarily the go-to treatment for inflammation. Right. We just stated that inflammation is good. Yeah. Ice does what?
1: Reduces inflammation. And it Makes things cold.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it constricts the blood vessels. So you're either stopping the inflammation from coming or you are trapping the inflammation in the injury. You're slowing down blood flow, slows down the healing process then, So, so... What has kind of been gaining movement is heat and just general movement, which acts as its own kind of pump. Right. Um, but again,
1: it's, there's so many nuances with it because it depends on the injury. It depends on the individual. It depends on where in the injury process they are because yep. that acute inflammation is good. Yeah. But like you so said, long term, yeah, you don't bog down the joint. So so it's a lot statement. of yeah. yeah so currently in development, there's a lot of opinions on it. Yeah, we'll go with that. What should I do? Should I alternate heat and cold if I'm hurting? Why do they, it's take, why do they, do they sometimes
2: alternate? Because it it acts as a pump. So cold vasoconstricts, constricts, heat vasodilates. dilates. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Which acts as a pump and flushes either flushes out inflammation but keeps in or inflammation out. Yeah, interesting. It's called contrast
1: therapy. Contrast therapy. People, you heard it here first. Not Chris really. Chris just invented it. <laughs> no. um, cool. Any questions you have for me as a paramedic?
2: Um. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I mean, have, have you had much experience with ATs? And if so, has as it been of, good?
1: As I practiced, as, yes. As a, when I was a field medic. So I, I did that field medic stuff In the military? as like a side gig. <laughs> no, not uh, on the field medic. Um, I worked with football. And it was just like this was like a side gig. This is like I was like in between jobs. I was also still in school, but they were like, okay, here you go, like, take this job. They paid me a ridiculous amount of hour to like watch these it was little kids play football. It was supposed to be flag football. I'll tell you right now. It didn't have to be flag football. (laughs) Eight flag football. All right. There was contact every twenty seconds. Worst thing I had was I had to call nine one one. It was actually in Madison Heights, which is what's funny, which is where I work now. But I had to call the fire department because I Came out of the field and like everyone broke from this huddle and this kid was just screaming and writhing on the ground and he kept yelling like I'm sorry coach I'm sorry coach and I was like dude didn't want to let his team down yeah I was like this is some cultish stuff going on right <laughs> now but anyway um, yeah I I me and the AT just kind of figured it out together like I would bring the little backpack of like my medic supplies and then he brought stuff and then we just like you said he took C spine and then I just sort of deferred to him. Yeah, and that's that was the best thing to do. But it was all positive experiences.
2: So, it's good. Yeah. Have
1: you had negative experiences?
2: No, it's, never, it's never. Just, okay. Good. Besides being your friend, but no. Oh,
1: I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's one thing that we try to push all the time on this podcast and in our prep program and our company as a whole, like collaborating with other it's necessary. Yeah, it's yeah. like it is a we have to have more of a holistic approach to medicine in general. Like if you get stuck in your box of I'm a medic, I, I don't need to though. talk to nurses. I don't need to talk to ATs. I don't need to talk to docs. I just do my medic stuff. You're going to be a very close minded medic. You're not going to get much done. Yeah. So this is good. This has been positive. Thank very you for your time. So. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. Uh, That's all we have for today. Remember, guardiantestprep.com. Check it out. Uh, 15 hours of video content. You guys can hear me and my brother goof off and teach you about all kinds of topics, everything that you can need to learn in EMT, AEMT, or Medic. Lots of test questions, uh, lots of practice. There's a workbook. It's over a 1,000 pages, things to work through. Uh, We'll very much help you prepare for your NREMT or get through your class or just refresh you if you need new information. You can check out this episode in about a month uh, on Guardian CME to earn a CAPC credit for it. And uh, thank you, Chris. Hopefully we'll have you back soon.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: All right, take care. Stay sweet.
0: Hey, guys, thanks so much for taking a listen. Uh, if you are studying for the National Registry exam, we're here to help. We have a National Registry prep program uh, to help you pass that exam. Check us out at GuardianTestPrep.com. If you'd like continued education credits uh, for listening to our podcast or watching this on YouTube, follow us at GuardianCME.com. 100% free CAPC credits. Uh, no matter what state or country you're in, uh, we're here to help. So, again, we thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful week.